It's the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour. 30-ish minutes of sketch comedy, improv, songs, and whatnot pulled from the audio archives of Duck Logic, a Chicago improv group that produced their own two-hour comedy show called The Cavalcade that played on WLUP AM 1000 Radio in Chicago back in the day. Plus, there's some new stuff thrown in for good measure. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a kooky stroll down memory lane with Duck Logic. Because they're wacky comedy guys, just a bunch of comedy guys, funnier than they realize, those wacky, kooky, cut-up comedy guys. And now, Duck Logic puts the joke in context. It was about five months into the comedy group's weekly two-hour radio show called The Cavalcade on WLUP AM in Chicago and the Duckers thought it would be funny to produce a show where they pretend it's their anniversary. But not their five-month anniversary. They thought it'd be funny to pretend it was their 50-year anniversary. But then they thought, hey, let's pretend it's only been 49 years for some reason, and we're celebrating one year early. You get it? Of course you do. But Duck Logic jokesters sprang into action and whipped up a pretend trip down Duck Logic memory lane. They wrote documentary segments and played snippets of skits they pretended came from that time. They wrote so many skits, in fact, that their original anniversary show only covered 25 years or so and needed a second half. So put it into context. Turn back the clock and imagine it's another Saturday night and you think, hey, I wonder what's on the radio. And much to your dismay, this comes on your ultra-cool portable boombox that you picked up on sale from Circuit City. Go to the information booth. Your friend is very ill. Please go to the information booth, man. It's a bummer, please. People in that crane area, please move out because when the crane swings, you're going to get conked on the head and it's really going to hurt. It's a free concert from now on. That doesn't mean that anything goes. What that means is we're going to put the music up here for free. We're going to be bringing the food in. But one major thing you have to remember tonight when you go back up into the woods to go to sleep, or if you stay here, is that the man next to you is your brother. And you damn well better treat each other that way, because if you don't, then we blow the whole thing. Right now, we've got a special thing for you out there. For the next two hours, we're going to bring you something different. While you go and use the chemical toilets, or while you finally come down. We've got these duck people here. They've come all the way from Chicago, where they're on the radio or something. They've been your MCs for the past two days, doing improvs or whatever. You've been very kind to try and yell up some suggestions when they ask for them. But right now, I guess, they're going to do their entire show from right here at Woodstock, man. Here they are, man. Pay attention, please, for the Duck Logic Comedy Cavalcade Experience. Live from Woodstock, New York, it's the Duck Logic Comedy Cavalcade Experience. Two hours of groovy concepts and head trips. Brought to you with pride by some pretty beautiful people who are in zodiological order Susie Johnson, Aquarius, Abdul Mohammed, Pisces, Moonbeam McGillicuddy, Aries, George Carlin, Taurus, Finney Quay, Cancer on the cusp, Bob Berg, Leo, Don Novello, Leo, Steve Martin, Virgo, and me, I'm Wendell Fortescue. So just lay back and mellow out for the next two hours while we play with your head live from Yazga's Park. Then go out and crash! If you were listening last week, 
You heard part one of the Duck Logic Comedy Cavalcade's 50th anniversary show one year early. We followed the Cavalcade's history from the first show on January 1, 1939, broadcast live from the Edgewater Beach Hotel in Chicago, where a young but still rotund Buddy Bernard performed his first Fat Boy to 1967, when a group of writers who would go on to become the Firesign Theater debuted a new slant on radio comedy with a bit called Waiting for the Dietitian. As the years rolled by, it became apparent that everyone who's anyone in any area of the field of communication started their career right here on the Duck Logic Comedy Cavalcade. From Ronald Reagan's famous five-minute hiccup fit during a live Clash Taylor Spine Tinglers episode in 1940, to Marcel Marceau's sold-out appearance on an early Things That Don't Translate to Radio show, to the unforgettable sound of Gina Lola Brigida picking her teeth with a gold toothpick on celebrity hygiene, we listened intently as the helm changed hands again and again, consistently pulling in the finest young talents in the business and holding on to them until they got a better offer, which often wasn't very long. Jack Parr, Jack Benny, Lenny Bruce, Harry Carey, Elvis Presley, the list goes on and on and on a little more. In fact, we're proud to say that the Cavalcade holds the industry record for people becoming famous the instant they leave the show. Tonight, we'll be hearing part two of the 50th anniversary show one year early, starting in 1968, when the news of the Beatles' breakup left most of America's comedy writers feeling just plain unfunny, to 1988 and the show you're hearing right now, where the present bunch of comedic geniuses get to take a week off while we recycle old material. So sit back and relax as we journey through the last two decades of what some people have called the incubator of generations of great comedic talent, the great communicator, and the show that just won't go away. Get ready for part two of the Duck Logic Comedy Cavalcade's 50th anniversary show one year early. Before the mundane workaday world has become just a shadowy memory, and the weekend hasn't quite worked itself into a fever pitch, it's time for something in the middle, something non-committal, something that rhymes with spittle. It's time for wacky late 80s comedy. It's time for the nutty antics of those guys and gals we like to call Duck Logic. The Duck Logic Comedy Cavalcade's 50th anniversary show one year early. Part two. Starring in no particular order at all, Jonathan Winters, The Compass Players, Steve Martin, Spike Milligan, Howard Hessman, Severin Darden, David Donlosky, Patty Deutsch, Joe Saluga, Mum and Chance, Timothy Thomas, and the Mandrell Sisters, Harry Shearer, Walter Mitchka, David Lander, Tom Gianna, Shields and Yarnell, Wes and Les, Scatman Crothers, Monty Python's Flying Circus, Phyllis Diller, Red Buttons, Norm Crosby, The Goons, James F. Russell, Bob Berg, Vinnie Quay, Buzz Saw, Dino Desi and Billy, Phil Ajax, Phil Bufka, Phil Sartanic, the mighty Areola Ramblers, Fred Travelina, and many, 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 many more, including me, Wendell Fortescue. So sit yourself down in a big fat puppy chair and join us for the next two hours while we journey through the kooky world of the Duck Logic Comedy Cavalcade. Then go out and party. In the winter of 1951, head writer Johnson Tipwell hired a down-on-his-luck Borscht Belt comedian named Martino Fartino. 
Bottino would remain a fixture on the comedy cavalcade until 1967 when he finally sobered up. By 1969, Fatino actually wrote and starred in a skit. The skit, loosely plagiarized from the popular Playboy After Dark TV show, became an instant hit. Pulled from the archives, here's a clip from the late 60s and the Marty Farty Party. On tape from the Guccione Mansion, it's time to get hip with that real gone trip on the Marty Farty Party! Come on in, man. We're throwing a far out party. Things are a little loose right now. We're waiting for that hep cat, William Burroughs, to lay some heavy-duty party poetry on us. But first, what did the hippie say to the other hippie when the one gone cat lit up some Mary Jane? Give up? Hey, man, that stuff's illegal. To which the other crazy tripper replies, I know, that's why I'm burning it. <laughs> Dig it? Hey, man, things are getting crazy for President Johnson. He gets a message from Secretary of State Rusk. We need firepower. We need more bombs. So President Johnson sends two episodes of The Ugliest Girl in Town and the entire New York Mets baseball team. <laughs> the cat's a man of his word. I gotta go get a finger sandwich and talk with Breathy James about that phone call I got last night. va 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 vumsky <laughs> Time to get a drink, loosen up, see what's happening with Larry Nelson. Hiya, Larry. Nice Nehru jacket. Did you get that from the Beatles? <laughs> oh, this one's mine. <laughs> the one I took from the Beatles is in the cleanest. Let me dig this scene. You did take a Nehru jacket from the Beatles? That's right. Ringo, I waited till he was asleep, then I nabbed it. Isn't that robbery? <laughs> Not if you would have seen Ringo in it. Ladies and far-out gentlemen, dig the crazy scene of Larry Nelson. Boy, this is some kind of party. A lot of old ladies making a scene, eh? It's the first time I've wanted to be an old man, huh? <laughs> dig it. Well, I have to split. They're giving away free love at the door. <laughs> I wish they would tell my ex-wife about that. <laughs> Do me a favor, bartender, and lay off this cat's martini. I think Larry's seeing things again. I just hope his second wife don't find out. <laughs> hey, here's one guy who digs all the parties. Dr. Ale, the drunk dentist. I got a toothache, Dr. Ale. What do you recommend? Painkillers. What kind, brother? Gin, gin and tonic or the sweet vermouth. They work for me. But you're always drunk. So that's why everything tilts. All this time I thought I was a super villain on Batman. Think you could point me to the bar? Yes, but I don't think they dig that scene. Why is that? It's not polite to point. Now I hope you can dig the tripping flower power of William Burroughs. Go get him, Billy. A poem by William Burroughs. I think that I should never see a boy as lovely as the paper boy. The phallic households hiding my armored tribute. See the little boys, watch the little boys. 
And up against the wall of Mao, I pull it military straws of Ho Chi Minh, Johnson, Kennedy, and Nixon. Scream, motherless virgins, strip the naked wanderer in Disneyland. Up against the wall, up against the wall, spewing forth phrases of napalm sex. Screw and fist, fist and screw, nails bitten to the quiver. Gentle suck. Was he serious? Talk about a funny poem. I didn't get it, but I did. Catch your act later, Billy. Hey, here's the guy who is so nasty, we have to put a bleep in his songs. The senses know why we call him Nasty Ned, and he's here with his novelty tune of the week. It's quick, and I hope it doesn't shut down the show this trip. <laughs> Who pinched Pet Nixon on the <laughs> last night? Who grabbed a handful to go? Who pinched Pet Nixon on the <laughs> last night? If it wasn't Dick, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> Stop it, Nasty. They're taking the show off the air. <laughs> hey, look who's coming over here. It's flower child Breathy James. Just the chick I'm looking for. Peace and love, Marty. I'll take the latter and skip the former. <laughs> hey, Breathy, you gave me a call last night. What was that all about? Oh, nothing. It was just that your moon was in my house last night, and I'm like a Sagittarius. What a coincidence. I'm a bachelor. I was thinking about guys with beards. I mean, you can tell so much by a man's beard. Like if it's red, he's a Virgo with a Leo rising. And if it grows long, he wants the war to end in Vietnam. You see all that in the beard? I should see 2001 A Space Odyssey with you. You see more stuff than Timothy Leary. Of course, I'd need my glasses. I'm nearsighted. Your sides are okay. It's the roof that needs repairing. Now Breathy is going to dance with the Bikini Brigade to the hep-gone cat sound of Dino, Desi, and Billy, who are moving like the wind and the sea. Dig it the most. <laughs> enough moves to give the Green Bay Packers trouble. If you dig impressions, here's Jeff Taylor. How you doing, buddy? Hey, play it again, Marty. <laughs> hey, it's those guys, Chet Huntley and David Brinkley coming. Good night, Chet. Good night, David. <laughs> I can't believe it. Look who's here now. W.C. Fields is oh. here. Out of sight. Oh, yes, my little chickadee. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, man, do you dig that President Johnson and Vice President Humphrey? I sure do. <laughs> Mr. President, I'm pleased as punch to be here. <laughs> well, punch is here, Vice President. Better keep Judy away. I got one more on my hands. I don't need two. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, ladies and gentlemen. But let me leave you with one transcendental idea if you grew. I do. Peace and love get along. Why don't we? I don't know. Why? 
Because they don't have teenagers. Hey, good night. Dig the party, everyone. Oh, Love you, Marty. Oh, Jeff Taylor. I closed my eyes and thought I was in the White House. What are they putting in these Salems? Before the fuzz comes to bust up this swinging trip, let's see a film through the far-out eyes of the groovy movie critics, Ray and Jay. Thanks, old man. Hey, dig this. We saw a trippy film the other day. Yeah, we the, did. Didn't we, man? Yeah. The Graduate. There were some groovy-like tunes, you know, from Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, And then was. this guy, like, he made it with his old lady's old lady, yeah, man. Yeah, he did. And we didn't, I swear, we didn't smoke any grass before we went in there. This is just no, what happened, man. You know, this chick Catherine Ross is one cool old lady. Oh, I'd like it. to share her space. Oh, wouldn't, man. You, you have a real good chance, Mick Jagger. Yeah, you and Liberace. Man, Jay thinks he's some, like, stud all of a sudden, man, because he's on the show all the time. Chicks are starting to notice me, Ray. Oh, you see, the guy thinks he's like Rock Hudson or something, God's gift to women, man. Trouble is, and dig it, he meets these women in a trippy theater where it's all dark. It's a mind blow, man. Yeah, if they dug his scene outside, it would blow their mind. <laughs> He's got more craters than, like, the moon, man. Yeah, well, Ray's got a strobe and no place to put it. <laughs> oh, anyway, I give this movie half a peace sign. No, wait, I give it a full peace all sign. All right. Because the chicks are out of sight. Yeah, I dig that. Oh man, did I dig the groovy movie critics. Some of that stuff went over my head. But they're such cool kids, aren't they? And speaking of cool, it's time to take a break for the cool menthol of a mouthful of smoke. And I'm talking Salem's. When we come back, I'm gonna be talking to the old Letch and partying down with humble Ben Curtis. <laughs> When the early 70s came to the cavalcade, so did the turbulence of the times. The new cast members were thoroughly caught up in the changing values of a changing nation, with names like Bobby Williamsburg, Judy Gropert, Marty Foddy, Michael Palin, John Cleese, Johnny Jackson, and Gallagher, the cavalcade marched head-on into a new comic horizon. People were changing, and so were the skits. Pulled from the archives, this piece from 1970 was rejected twice by head writer Vinnie Quay for being, quote, too different, unquote. But here they are, Michael Palin and John Cleese, in a skit called The Personal Integrity Shop. Hello. Hello. An English accent? Ah, uh, no thanks, I've already got one. Well, yes. I mean, we both do. Ah, uh, well, we are from England, aren't we? Oh, yes, I suppose you're right. Is there something I can do for you? Yes, yes, oh yes, yes. How much for uh, your personal integrity? Oh, you're in luck. Big sale today, sir, Disraeli's birthday. Uh, for one pound, I'll lie to you. Mm -hmm. For two pounds, I'll steal something for you. Mm -hmm. uh, and for five pounds, I'll turn my back while you steal something for me. Oh, well, I was looking for something with a bit more flair. How about a best friend? Ah, oh, sorry, we've sold out all our best friends. I had a feeling that might be the case. I uh, mean, Mum's still available, but she doesn't come cheap being a one-of-a-kind item and all. No thanks, no thanks. I need another mother like the Queen needs another hole in her head, what? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, how about this then? Uh, when the next customer arrives, I could insult him or her, uh, beat them to a frazzle, and then take their clothing uh, and give it to you. Hmm. What would that cost me? Uh, ten pounds. That's a bit expensive, ain't it? Uh, I'll tell you what, for seven pounds, I'll insult them, mm -hmm. beat them to a frazzle, and then take their clothing and uh, give you the shoes. 
I was really looking for something a bit more personal than that. I... Okay, uh, for £20, I'll accidentally explain how to break in next door without setting off the alarm. Look, to be honest with you, I've been walking by this store to and from work for over a year and, well, uh, I was hoping you'd say yes to a date. What? A date? You know, uh, we sort of have a good time together. Oh, uh, why didn't you say so in the first place? Okay, for £25, I'll lock the front door and we could go in the back and I'll treat you like Elizabeth Taylor. Throw in a sheep and some cheese and you're on. When Jerry Peters, known to Cavalcade fans as the crazy Swede, left for fame and fortune in Hollywood, George Plimpton filled in just to see what radio was like. Pulled from the archives, here's Plimpton interviewing Olympic multiple gold medal swimmer Mark Spitz on Career Corner. Good evening, this is George Plimpton on the Doc Logic Comedy Cavalcade, sitting in for Jerry Peters on Career Corner. Um, this week we have a very special guest, man who's won seven Olympic gold medals, Mark Spitz. Uh, hi, George. And I hi. sure hope you don't on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I get that all the time. <laughs> you must be very excited about uh, your personal gains. Oh, yes. Well, the Olympics are, are quite an event, and I, I think that it brings the world together is what it does. And, and, and there's, there's, there's just competition. There's no money. It's just swimming for me. I was just swimming, and I, I can I, understand I that. that, the kind of competition I had when I played with the Detroit Lions. Oh, well, that's professional. That's professional ball, but th this was different. Um, I suppose you could probably write any number of zeros in on a contract, right? Well, uh, yeah, the, the, the offers just keep pouring in. I, I'm turning most of them down, of course, because I have a, a high level of, of integrity to... Uh, I, I've done a couple of Wheaties ads and, uh, of course, milk. I've done the milk commercials. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of doing a comedy film. Oh, that would be a very good step on your part, I think. Uh, Mel Brooks has been talking to me about doing some sort of Olympic takeoff, and, of course, I would have a cameo. <laughs> oh, that would be very good. Would and you the Bob one? Hope special coming up next week. Mark, one question I always wanted to know, because of your swimming prowess, are you water-soluble? Well, yes, in a lot of ways I was. You must have read my bio very well. I am sprayed with a coating, so I don't actually dissolve in water, but I don't shower because of that. Because that's the one thats the one thing I couldn't do and write a book about, because I'd, I'd sink like a rock and drown. Well, everyone's buoyant, George. Uh, you know, everyone is. Well, especially after a couple of drinks at a party, don't you think? Oh, well, boy, yeah, that's for sure. I, I get a little buoyant after a couple of martinis. Will you keep your mustache? Of course. I'm talking to some people about a, a movie called Delivery Boy at Home. I don't know what that's about, but they said keep the mustache. You know, you know, you ought to really get a Lloyd's of London insurance policy on that mustache. Well, I've got it on the gold. I've got it on the medals, the gold medals, of course. You know, my poster, you, I'm, yes. I'm sure you've seen yes. it. yes. Yes. Have you ever thought of maybe, I don't know, see, I've filled in for goalies and, you know, attempted assassinations for world dictators. Have you ever thought of being the Aquaman, must I say this, of the modern times? Have you ever thought of doing something like being a garbage collector? Gosh, no, I haven't. That sounds awfully interesting, though. I, because... I, I have uh, shucked this whole dentist thing that I used to do, because obviously that's behind me now, and I date prettier women than hygienists. Because with your mustache, you'd be a fantastic garbage collector. Oh, well, thank you for mentioning that. I, I do notice that my garbage man has a mustache just like this. How about teaching little boys at a YMCA? Well, swimming, yes, of course, is very important, uh, especially to people that live around water. And so, yes, I, I used to. I used to substitute teaching 
uh, over at my local pool. But of course, now with all the offers coming in, I have I'm on the phone round the clock, just turning them all down because uh, I don't need to be you know cluttering up my my success with these sort of things. Last words for the audience on Career Corner. Goodbye. Thank you, Mark Spitz. I'm George Plimpton, sitting in for Jerry Peters on Career Corner on the Duck Logic Comedy Cavalcade. Since the beginning, most of the Comedy Cavalcade is performed by live actors in front of live microphones. Usually, that poses no problem for the highly polished professional jesters. But on this occasion, pulled from 1974, things went a little differently. All right, we're back here live in the studio. I'm Phil Ajax. And I'm Phil Bufka. And you're listening to WCFL AM 1000. Hey, you know that ecology stuff is something, huh, Phil? Yeah, it's really getting out of hand with these things now. We're even using recyclable paper, you know. Yeah, my kids had me out in the backyard planting a tree this weekend. Oh, my God, get my hands dirty with old Mother Earth. (laughs) Before you know it, they'll be making cars out of aluminum cans. Oh, my God, Phil, look! Holy! (laughs) Few people in the audience, this isn't, we've got a streaker. He's in and he is gone. Oh my, I can't believe it. I can't believe, this guy was, he's naked, he's totally buck naked. Talking about (laughs) sins of the flesh, I guess. Oh my my God, Phil, what was this guy's mother say? If anybody out there knows who did this to us, call in right away, will you? Boy, you know, all I can say is this ecology stuff's getting out of hand, you know, the streakers are even getting into the act. Yeah, he's recycling his clothes because he's not wearing them. <laughs> That's right. He's saving them. A streaker right here. I can't believe it. Right here in the studio. A streaker. <laughs> and it looked like he had a little nuclear waste it on his like feet. like he had a little extra hair on his back, too. Hey, get a shave, yeah. buddy. <laughs> what you know? I like that shark's tooth comb. Hey, Phil, let's move right along with the comedy. I can't believe this. The streaker here. Sure. <laughs> It was 1974, the year the nation was taking drug humor into its arms and accepting it as the norm. The cavalcade was the last in a long line of entertainment venues to resort to the usage of drug humor. This was because until this brand of comedy had proved itself socially acceptable, we weren't taking a chance on insulting even one of the listening audience. However, once the green light went on, our writers pumped out more drug-related jokes and situations than Carter's got liver pills, or whatever pills he pushes. Here, then, is a smattering of the seemingly endless stockpile of this stuff we found in the vaults. From February of 1974, here's our blatant Cheech and Chong ripoff called The Dude and the Man. Hey, Billy. Hey, Billy, man, open up. It's Mike. What? It's Mike, man. Open up. What are you doing? Choking your rooster, man? I'm working on my history project, man. So let me in, man. Okay, man. Keep your shirt on, okay, man? Hey, man. Jesus, man. It smells in here. What are you doing? I'm making my history project, man. It's the Pyramid of Cheops, man. You see, I'm making it out of sugar cubes, man. Man, you know a pyramid should be shaped like, well, you know, a pyramid, man. This thing looks like, I don't know, kind of funky. Well, you know, man, I started gluing the sugar to airplane glue, you dig, man? So I'm using granulated sugar, man. It's, man, it's like a real bitch gluing like each grain, man. You know, it's, it's hard to keep the focus going when you're like each little grain you're like gluing together. You know, you know what you gotta do, man? You gotta take some hash, you know, man? You know, I, I've always liked 
see geometric shapes, you know, man, when you do hash, it really straightens this pyramid thing up, you know? Really, man? You know, I like window pane for that, man. I always had these, like, really great trips where there's all these, like, glowing rectangles and trapezoids and quadrilangles thing, man. They're like, they're like talking to me, man. Hey, like, cool, right. man. That, that's yeah. really nice. You know, you, you drop the acid. I'll do some hash, and we'll get this project together, man. Oh, man, you're my best friend, hey, man. Hey, man, don't cry, man. You're going <laughs> to embarrass me, man. You're going to melt this whole sculpture, man. Hey, come on. We still get calls for this drug-related commercial parody, also from 1974. Tired of those long waiting lines at your local car wash? Well, wait no more at Speedy Car Wash. We guarantee to have your car washed inside and out in a matter of minutes, because at Speedy's we're fast, fast, fast. Five minutes for sedans, station wagons, and vans. Two and a half minutes for small foreign cars. You can't beat it. In less than the time it takes us to accept your payment, you'll be on the road again in a sparkling clean car. How can we do it? Because at Speedy's, we do all the time. Speedy's the fastest car wash in town. Come on in and watch the workers blur. Don't talk to them, though. You'll be stuck in a meaningless conversation for hours. Speedy's! Here's a gem from comedian Ken Mills, recorded live later that same year. When I turn around to look at him, I see the biggest, longest joint the world has ever known. I asked him if we were going to smoke it, and he said, What else could we do with it? I laughed too, but when I looked into his eyes, I realized he was waiting for a suggestion. I told him we should break it in half and stick it up our... It's been a habit ever since. Drug humor's dominance took a sharp drop soon after we here at the Cavalcade took up the cause. But we kept it up for a year or so longer just to be absolutely sure. The middle 70s arrived with the shimmy of a polyester suit. And then the attention of humorists everywhere was focused on the small hotel room at the Watergate Hotel. And the political satirists at the Cavalcade were no different. Watergate Conspirators, the guys with everything to hide and nothing to tell, bring you Deep Throat, the man behind the mystery. Hey, I'm Deep Throat. Look, I'll put a sword down and still don't think it's deep. Go ahead, run a hose in there. Drop a coin, you'll never hear the echo. <laughs> After a short battle with the Internal Revenue Service, Marty Foddy came back in 1975 with his new half-hour segment loosely plagiarized from the Three's Company TV show. It was an instant hit. This commercial for the show takes place in a dentist's office. Well, Mr. Foddy, glad to see you could come. That's what she said. Huh? Oh, well, just lean back and open up wide. That's what she said. What? Oh, let's see how far you can stick that tongue out. That's what she said. Uh, Dr. Dave, are you sure that's a sterile instrument? Oh, 
That's what she said. said. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get oh, it. well, you've got to pack that in farther. Well, that's what she said. Oh. Well, doctor, I'm going to go get you a bigger tool. That's what she said. I get it. Uh, excuse me, you know, I've been waiting out in the other room for an hour. When are you guys going to fill my hole? Oh, that's, that's what, what she, she said. said. Oh, really, really, my mouth's getting really dry. Oh, that's, that's what, what she, she said. said. Excuse me, heck me plumbing. I hear you guys got a leaky pipe. That's what she said. The new one-joke comedy smack dab here on the Duck Logic Comedy Cavalcade. Starring Dick Robbins, the global dual talents of Carol Wayne, and Benny the Letch. And featuring me, Marty Fadi. When the oil embargo of 75 caused gas prices to go from 36 cents a gallon to an unprecedented 70 cents per gallon, the cavalcade countered with this. Hello, I'm Rene Descartes for Skull Oil here at the Wahoo Oil Fields in Cabrone, Texas. Once this field was highly productive, but as time wore on, the remaining oil became too thick to pump out, and so the field was closed. However, in the 70s, America faces an energy crisis, and it becomes increasingly vital to our national interests to become self-sufficient in oil-based fuels. So we at Skull Oil have spent billions of dollars in technical research to revitalize the Wahoo oil fields. We've trained 10,000 weasels to suck that stubborn oil right out of the ground. You betcha. They press their little mouths against the ground near the old oil wells and they suck that thick oil right out. Their training costs billions and billions of dollars. Not to mention what it costs to buy each weasel a little hard hat. And Skull Oil has spent billions and billions of dollars training all these white trash you find in Texas to squeeze the oil right out of them weasels. Billions upon billions of dollars. And you know what? Now these weasels want a union. Can you dig that? A union for oil-sucking weasels? The little swine, they don't appreciate what Skull Oil has done for them. Let's make them go back to sucking eggs. Man, I told R&D we should have taught snakes to suck oil. How could a snake vote at a meeting, huh? Lordy, it makes me want to puke my refried beans. Skull Oil, looking ahead to America's future. We should have just bought Kuwait when we had the chance. Lock, stock, and camel, you betcha. In the summer of 1975, rumor ran rampant that Lorne Michaels was in New York collecting comics for a hip new TV program. Thinking that they were definitely going to pass the audition, the entire cast of the cavalcade quit and moved to Manhattan, only to find that all the positions had already been filled. As a comment, the new cast of the cavalcade came up with this skit. 2,452,943. Oh, that's me. Hi, I'm wondering if I could... Uh, are you 2,452,943? Yeah, my name is... Your, your number? Uh, 2,452,943. You're 2,452,943. And I'm here for a job. <clears throat> Young man, this is the whole Enchilada Employment Agency. We deal in lifestyles here. Great, give me one of them. Mm, give me one of them. Uh, let's see, uh, reach down the old box and, uh, oh, an umbrella. Here you go. 
We need uh, stockbrokers. You're kidding. <laughs> we do not kid. It says here on the card, uh, Board of Trade, yes, oh, a seat on the exchange. This is beautiful. Yeah, you do real, real well uh, for 17 years. But you've got all your stock in Wonder Bread, disgruntled employee, salmonella. Oops, too bad. <laughs> Wait, how can you be so sure? I, I thought life was, well, you know, up to me. You? Yeah, a random set of circumstances. <laughs> I assure you, uh, here at the Whole Enchilada Employment Agency, nothing is left to chance. There's nothing random about it. <laughs> I won't invest. That's it. Uh, you like Wonder Bread. Uh, you know, strong bodies, 12 ways. Look, it's all here. You're real happy for 17 years. And Becky's a great wife. Becky? Yeah, Becky. You, you know, you didn't take her to Skid Row, did you? No. Besides, you know that doctor that just left? You passed him on the way out? He marries her. Now, uh, goodbye. But I don't know anything about the stock market. Hey, someone's got to be a Skid Row bum. It's either you or the next guy, and you're number 2,452,943. But, but, but I <laughs> want to... If you're not happy with what's been given you, you could always get back in line. But I've been in that line for 22 years. <sighs> <laughs> it moves very slowly. Oh, your magazines are ancient. Look, uh, you've got to take your chances like everyone else. Hey, Ronald Reagan's been through here three times. Hmm. Becky's a babe. Well, give me that umbrella. $2,452,944. 2,452,944. Mm. 2,452,944. Let's see. Uh, Box says, uh, oh, you get a dustpan. And the card says, um, you'll work the assembly line of the Ford LTD for 26 years. Then you get laid off. It's unemployment for the next seven years. Then you have a stroke. You'll drive real slow on the expressway and learn to bowl lefty. Says here, 238 average. Oh, well, you'll never get married, but you build one heck of an ant farm in the basement. You take up custodial duties as a hobby. Oh, what was that bowling average again? Uh, 238. Huh, I told her! I told her! Two ninety and all this be perfect! Oh, maybe I'll put a car up in the driveway! Who knows? I'm Italian! I don't know! Maybe, maybe, maybe! Who knows? Yeah, you, uh, you sure told her all right. <laughs> uh, 2,452,945. Oh, uh, here I am, uh, 945. Okay, let's see, um, staple. Oh! Yeah, it says here you get a job, um, where? Uh, here. Yeah? Great. Oh, let's move over a little bit, will you? Hey, this is... When do I start, huh? Ah, uh, it says immediately. Oh, well, great, great. This is great. Hey, can, can I just have the desk? Uh, Excuse me. Wait, wait a second. Uh, what am I supposed to do now? Huh? Oh, well, let's see. So I'll just lift through the box here and... Uh, ah, here you go. A, a matchbook. It says here you leave here dejected, uh, heavy drug use, but then you discover the exciting field of motel management. You uh, rent, of course, by the hour, and there is a charge for the sheets. Uh, business is quite lucrative for six years, and then you get knifed by a pimp. Wait a second. <laughs> no, wait, wait. I don't know anything about motels. Here's your hey, matchbook. you can sit back, watch TV, and act real snooty to people, right? What's the problem? Hey, um, well, um... Hey, somebody's got to do it, huh? Come but, on. But I, um... Look, if you're not happy with what's been given you, you can always get back in line. But that line moves real slow. Yeah, and the magazines are ancient. <sighs> Give me that. <laughs> 2,452,946. Well, there you have it. The Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour, show number 49. Part 3 of our 50th, well, 49th anniversary show extravaganza. Featuring in alphabetical order, David Dunlosky, Tom Giannis, Walter Mitchka, James F. Russell, and Tim Thomas. 
If you thought the comedy half hour was kind of funny, tell your friends, your family who never really understood you. Those imaginary people who live in your basement and speak only to you. Spread the word. Follow us on social media because we're kind of needy. Our website is ducklogiccomedy.com. Everybody has a website. Portions of this podcast were previously broadcast on the radio back in the day under the copyright of Duck Logic Limited and the licenses of WLUP AM and FM radio in Chicago. Come back next week for the fourth and final part of the Duck Logic 50th anniversary celebrated one year early saga.